Let's enjoy today's message by Sam Adiemi. First Peter chapter 2 verse 24, New Living Translation. First Peter 2 24, as we continue in our series on good health. First Peter 2 24, New Living Translation. He personally carried our sins in his body on the cross so that we can be dead to sin and live for what is right. By his wounds, you are healed. By his wounds, you are healed. One of the most inspiring testimonies I had in recent times was that of um, one of our role models who uh, delivered a baby and, of course, he did not leave her body the same. She was in pain. It was constant throbbing pain that was being treated both in this country and outside. And it had been there for a long time. There was this particular day that it was a Sunday and the whole family left for church. But she could not. She stayed back home, right? And, and they had, you know, logged on to the service on the TV in the living room. And, you know, she was just actually passing by because she was missing attending the physical service, right? So she was just passing by while the service was rolling on. She was going to the kitchen when in that very instant, you know, there was a prayer that was going on and it was for the destruction of sicknesses and diseases, you know, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, commanding pain to leave people's bodies, and instantly, something happened in her body. And it was like, is it real? Is it real? Is it real? By the time the family got back, they met her weeping. Because she had been in pain constantly for a long time. The pain disappeared instantly. Instantly. Through the TV, <laughs> right? Because God's word has no limits. Amen. God's power has no limit. And honestly, the day I had, you know, tears welled up in my eyes. And I remember who was telling me, <laughs> the friend of the lady, said the day he had the story, tears were flowing down his own face too. Last week, we said that God hates to see us sick. Literally hates he threw his son, his own only begotten son, like we hear, like we read in the Bible, threw his son at the problem. We said that Christ, when he was here physically, was on an all-out war against sicknesses and diseases. And he continues in that mission today. So Acts 10, 38, New King James Version says, How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. First John chapter 3, verse 8, also New King James Version. I love the second part of the verse, but let me read everything. First John 3, 8, New King James Version. He who sins is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy 
the works of the devil. Pay attention to that word, destroy. So Christ did not come to pet sin or to pet the consequences of sin. He came to destroy them, to obliterate them. As disciples of Christ, I am calling us today to develop the same mentality. The same destroyer mentality. When it comes to sicknesses and diseases, the same destroyer mentality because he said, as the Father has sent me, so I also send you. We have a divine mandate to destroy the works of the devil. Now one translation of the Bible there says to destroy the ways of the devil. So we are here to destroy the ideas of the devil. Because 2 Corinthians 10 from verse 3 tells us that though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. The weapons of our warfare are not man-made. They are powerful through God to pull down strongholds, casting down what? Imaginations, arguments, any knowledge that contests against the knowledge of God. So you have to understand that first. It's the spiritual before the physical. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, Ephesians 6 verse 12. Okay? So the same way revelation conveys spiritual realities into the physical is the way Satan uses ideas to convey spiritual realities into the physical. So we are here to destroy the ideas of the devil. We're here to destroy poverty. We're here to destroy sicknesses and diseases. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. We're here to destroy ignorance. We're here to destroy guilt and shame. Powerful tools that Satan uses to paralyze people's lives. So today I call us to broaden our minds when it comes to this issue of destroying sicknesses and diseases. I call us to broaden our minds because there are different ways through which we do it. We have different callings, different talents, right? The Holy Spirit has wired us differently, but whichever way it goes, we've got to be engaged in the destroying of sicknesses and diseases. We destroy sicknesses through prayer, and we're going to do some of that here today. We've got to take it upon ourselves. Any moment you hear anyone hint at having any form of pain that you pray for them. Amen? Yeah. It's not our business to heal them. Our business is obedience. It is God that does the healing. Amen? Yeah. Yes. If you tie your esteem to the results, you have a problem. Because it's not your business to do the healing. It is God that does the healing. Amen? Yeah. Your business is obedience. Any hint at sickness or at somebody having a sickness or having a pain, can we pray? Amen. Amen. Because it is through that process of prayer that we demonstrate our submission to God to solve the problem. And then he steps in. And we'll then be amazed because the Holy Spirit will then activate the gifts he's put inside us. Some of us have the gift of the word of knowledge, the capacity to know something without anybody telling you. And you'll be amazed, it will just come <laughs> while you are praying. I remember there was a time when, uh, <laughs> you know, we, 
That was many years ago. On the Sunday morning, we had just moved into our former location, and we moved everybody else that Sunday morning. said, what's the point of being here? We've moved into a new neighborhood. Let's go and greet our neighbors and tell them a new church has come into the neighborhood. Okay? And our pastor said, we should come and greet you. We printed a letter here. I wrote a letter to, <laughs> right, that everybody took along. And I remember that day, and we did say, pray for people, right? People usually don't mind prayer. Do you realize that? People don't mind prayer. I attended the reception, wedding reception here many years ago. And after I was introduced, the two ladies, there were two ladies sitting next to me. The one sitting next to me said, Pastor, if you don't mind, can you pray for me? Even though I'm an Elijah, I don't mind the prayer. Her friend said, me too, me too. <laughs> People don't mind prayer. Anyway, so this particular day, so we, I went with my own team, and we spoke to these people, and then I prayed. When I was done praying, it, <laughs> this lady said, who told you all the things you were praying about? You were just describing my life. I didn't know anything. I was praying under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Amen? So we destroy sicknesses and diseases through prayer. Agreed. But that's not the only means. We destroy sicknesses and disease through research. God created plants, created chemicals, created things that have properties, right? Active ingredients that kill viruses. Some kill bacteria. Some kill some particular kinds of viruses. That's what the pharmacologists do, right? That's what the scientists do. So if, if by taking any of those things, a sickness would be destroyed, God is behind it. Some Christians have a problem with you taking a tablet. They think it means you don't have faith. No, it means you don't have... Let me not say what's coming to me. So, something has the capacity to destroy a virus in somebody's body, and you think that comes from the devil? Oh, no, 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 no. The thief comes not but to steal, to kill, to destroy. Okay, Satan's business is the destruction. It is the virus that came from the devil, not what will cure it. Satan did not create anything on this planet. If anything on this planet has the capacity to destroy bacteria, God created it. Amen. Amen. I don't have the time today because that's not where I'm going. <laughs> to show you from the Bible, you know, places where, I mean, they gathered some wild plants, put them in the food, in the soup that was being prepared. As the disciples, right, the sons of the prophet, began to scoop, diarrhea hit them instantly. They, they were shouting to Elisha the prophet, ah, my Lord, there is poison in the pot, there is poison in the pot. And Elisha said they should bring some flour, right? Put it in it, said mix it, mix it, mix it, poison died, right? So whatever was in the flour had some active ingredient, right, that killed the poison. <laughs> Killed whatever was disturbing people. That was not satanic. I'm talking about pharmacology in the Bible. And there are many places where it happened like that. Amen. So we destroy sicknesses and diseases through research, through education, through policies, and even through politics. What many people don't understand is if you're going to, if you're going to make any headway in life, especially as a leader, you've got to have your passion. You've got to have specific problems that you are out to solve. And it's so important. All of us realize now that we need to take politics seriously. Am I right? 
Yeah, whether you speak in tongues or not, any law that is made in the country is binding on you. Yes. So it's better you carry your tongues <laughs> and go and use it to, to make policies. Say to make policies. Amen. We will attack, we will destroy sicknesses and diseases through funding. Just funding. We have a hospital visitation ministry here in Daystar Christian Center. They go visit people in hospitals that are sick. And you'll be amazed. There are people who have not been able to leave the hospital because they've not been able to pay 30,000 naira bill. Yeah? So just by paying the bill. Some people need surgery, they've not been able to do the surgery because they cannot pay, and so on. Right? So through funding, we destroy sicknesses and diseases. I said, we need that destroyer mentality. Whichever way, the church is one of the institutions that created the idea of hospitals. Many people don't realize that. <laughs> so I said, you're now thinking there's a problem, that God has a problem with medicine. The church is one of the institutions that invented the idea of hospitals in the first place. God bless all role models in the medical field. And we pray a unique anointing on you to solve problems supernaturally in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. So I declare today that as role models, we, declare, we destroy sicknesses locally. We destroy them nationally. We destroy them globally in the name of Jesus Christ. So one interesting thing then that I observe in the Gospels is that Christ sent his disciples to go destroy sicknesses on his behalf. He did the delegation even while he was here. Matthew chapter 10 and verse 1. New Living Translation. Matthew 10 verse 1. Jesus called his 12 disciples together and gave them authority to cast out evil spirits and to heal every kind of disease and illness. He gave them authority. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> he gave them authority to cast out evil spirits and to heal every kind of disease and illness. You move over to Luke 10, verses 1 to 2, and then we'll jump to verse 9. New Living Translation. Luke 10, 1 to 2. The Lord now chose 72 other disciples and sent them ahead in pairs to all the towns and places he planned to visit. This, this is fantastic. In other words, Christ wanted to do it wholesale. He, he was limited physically. He could only be in one place at a time. So he delegated the authority. He engaged his disciples. So at first in Matthew 10, you saw him calling the 12, and then now you see the 72. He said, another. He chose 72 other disciples and sent them ahead in pairs to all the towns and places he planned to visit. He said, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. Did you see that? Christ wants sicknesses and diseases destroyed on a mass scale. And that's my prayer this morning. I'm here on a recruitment exercise because there are some laborers that have not been laboring. So what is the labor here? It's destroying sicknesses and diseases, right? So verse 2, these were his instructions to them. The harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send more workers into his fields. In verse 9, he said, 
heal the sick and tell them the kingdom of God is near you. So Christ's concern was that there weren't enough destroyers of sicknesses and diseases. Thank you, Heavenly Father. So, so listen to me. So when you look at how Christ sees us, you will see that he is not seeing us as the people that need to be healed. We're the ones that are supposed to be in the business of healing other people. Am I right? And so it's already taken for granted. You know, it's not recorded that any of his disciples were sick. So, <laughs> so that's not part of the economy. That's not part of the economy. And, and I want to say, in the process of praying for other people, honestly, sicknesses and diseases will run away from some of us. Run far. I thought you would say amen. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> you, you need to learn to be an asset to God's kingdom. You need to be so useful to God to the point where your being on the sickbed for three days or four days will be a loss to the kingdom of God. Amen? Yeah. Your health is supernaturally sustained. Yeah. Do you understand what I mean? Yeah. The power that raised Christ from dead is at work in your body. When a virus touches your body, it will die. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Okay, so this is Christ's own concern. The laborers are few. Pray the Lord of the harvest that he may send more laborers here. I said I'm not going to be long because I want us to pray. Did you notice something? That it took authority to heal sicknesses and diseases. It took, Jesus did not beg sicknesses and diseases. He ordered them. Amen? So, and then he gave the same thing to his disciples. Luke 10, 17 to 19, the same Luke chapter 10, where he said the 72, <laughs> verses 17 to 19. When the 72 disciples returned, they joyfully reported to him, Lord, even the demons obey us when we use your name. It's amazing that in our day, We've taken your name, literally. No. When we use your authority, that's what they meant, right? Yeah. Because today, people think it's the number of times you call the name of Jesus. They call the name of Jesus ten times. Mm. It's not the number of times you call the name. Right? It is submission to authority that begets authority. Right? <laughs> It is the degree to which you are actually representing Christ. It is the fact that when the sicknesses see you, they don't see you, they see Christ. It is the degree to which they don't hear you, they hear Christ. Like that interesting story in Acts 17, I think, you had some people, they called the seven sons of Sceva. They said they saw the disciples of Christ casting demons out of people. They too, they saw somebody that had a demon, and then they came there and spoke to the demon in the name of Jesus Christ, whom Paul preaches, we command you, come out of him. 
The demon replied. He said, Jesus, I know. Paul, I know because you were calling names, right? So, Jesus. <laughs> Baba. Paul. He said, but excuse me, who are you? You see, they were using the name. That's why I said it's not just calling the name. They called the name. They call, not only did they call Jesus, they even called Paul. He's like, Jesus, I, ah, that's our boss. Paul, ah, authority. You, you are not even showing up on the radar. You have no identity. You have no weight. Ah, they say, okay, in boxing, right, you fight according to your weight. So there's lightweight, there's featherweight, there's middleweight, there's light heavyweight, there's heavyweight. You, you have no weight. You are weightless. <laughs> you punch according to your level. You have no level. You are not even showing up. So they said, the demon then told them, in your life, <laughs> in your life, you will never use authority that they did not give you. So just one demon, they said he pounced on the seven of them, beat them, and all of them ran away. So it takes what? Authority. He gave them what? Authority. How do you get that authority? That's the question for me. You know, because they said, Lord, even the demons obey us when we use your name. Yes, he told them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. <laughs> I defeated Satan. He said, verse 19, Look, I have given you authority over all the power of the enemy, and you can walk among snakes and scorpions and crush them. Nothing will injure you. Someone say amen to that. Amen. So just before we unleash this authority, because we're going to pray this morning, amen. amen. So if you've never done it before, we will, do, we will practice here. Is that okay? Yes, sir. Is that okay? Yes, sir. So just before we unleash the authority like the disciples of Christ did when he was here physically, I just want to say it is submission to authority that begets authority. And there was a man that understood that. Matthew chapter 8, Matthew 8 verses 5 to 10, New Living Translation. When Jesus returned to Capernaum, a Roman officer came and pleaded with him, Lord, my young servant lies in bed paralyzed and in terrible pain. Jesus said, I will come and heal him. But the officer said, Lord, I am not worthy to have you come into my home. Just say the word from where you are and my servant will be healed. I know this because I am under the authority of my superior officers. I only need to say, go, and they go, or come, and they come. And if I say to my slaves, do this, they do it. Do you see how authority works there? I am under the authority of my superior officers, and I also have soldiers under me. That's how it works. That's how it works. I am under the authority of my superior officers then I also am able to have people under my authority. So you see the seven sons of Sceva, their own testimony is, I am not under the authority of Jesus Christ. So the demons are not under my authority. That's why the demon said, where are you coming from? Where did you get your authority from? In your life. You don't talk like a colonel. When you are not a colonel, we will beat you. Your uniform is fake. <laughs> your rank is fake. My friend, it is submission to authority. This guy, 
You know, we quote that verse, Matthew 8, 8, a lot. He said, speak the word only and my servant will be healed. From the King James Version or New King James Version, speak the word only. And we think that the man was saying, speak the scriptures. That's not what he was saying. This was a military officer. He was using military language. But his experience in the military helped him to understand how Christ was functioning. He understood that it was the authority of God that Christ was using. He understood the reason why sicknesses and diseases were obeying Christ. Because Christ was under the authority of God. So he said, I know how this thing works. I know you're under the authority of God. The, the sicknesses must obey you. And when you have authority, you don't have to use power. It is when the authority is defied that you apply the power. So when a traffic control officer says, stop, that's authority. The uniform says so. The uniform is not his personal property. It is a symbol of the authority of the federal government of Nigeria. This is stop, you stop. It's not the police officer you are obeying. It is the authority, amen, <laughs> that the police officer can. And then when you then defy that authority, then the law kicks in, amen. So there's the raw power of the Holy Spirit. He said the demons were subject to us in your name. Some people get healed just by the exit of some demons because it is this interference of some of these funny spirits that causes our bodies to malfunction sometimes. Sometimes it's just physical, okay? There's nothing spiritual. So the raw power of God comes to work. But this military officer says, look, if you pay attention, it was a Roman officer. He, he was an officer of the Roman government. He was a Roman. He was a Gentile. He was not a Jew. He was not qualified to get healing from Christ. Christ was functioning under the Abrahamic covenant, the covenant of God with Abraham. That's why he healed only the Jews. Told his disciples, don't go to the Samaritans, don't go to the Gentiles, only the Jews. It would be the turn of the Gentiles after his death and resurrection. He would then have established a new covenant through his own blood. A Gentile pressed in and got healing for his servants. Because he understood how this thing works. He said, I'm a man under authority. He said, then I have people to under my authority. They're not born well. Like we say here, they're not born them well. He said, when I say go, they go. When you have authority, you don't exert too much energy. So he said, sir, speak the word only. You don't even need to come to my house. In the realm of the spirit, there is no distance. I've seen that the way soldiers obey me, the sicknesses obey you. Master, let's use the equation. Ah! Jesus said, I've not seen faith like this before in Israel. This guy gets this thing. He gets this. Because some of us, until somebody prays and sweats and first and calls the name of Jesus 30 times, we won't believe that we're going to be healed. There were people angry around Jesus who were not getting healing. And somebody comes and says, they don't understand how the thing works. Master, no stress. Authority. Uh, go, they go. Come, they come. You disobey, you go guard room. <laughs> and you get caught, Marshall. When Jesus had this, verse 10, he was amazed. Turning to those who were following him, he said, I tell you the truth, I haven't seen faith like this in all Israel. I'm calling us today to put ourselves under the authority of Christ. 
Obeying God, obeying the Holy Spirit should not be optional. It should not be something you turn on and off. You obey today, you don't obey tomorrow. You obey in this area of your life, you don't obey in this area of your life. That's why the authority doesn't work for us a lot of the time. Total submission, sir. Total so if, if they say jump into the well, you jump into the well. Total submission to authority, right? That was what led Christ to the cross. Did you notice that when he faced the cross, he did not like it? Father, if it is possible, take this cup from me. Father said, ah, you know the plan. You know the plan. There is no other route, no other route for the salvation of mankind. My grace is sufficient for you. He said, nevertheless, Father, not my will, but your will be done. Amen. Will you bow your head with me a minute and say that prayer of submission right now? I am a man under authority. Lord, in Jesus, Lord Jesus, I bring myself under your authority today. I bring myself under your authority today. I bring myself under your authority right now. I bring myself under obeying you is no longer optional for me. Whether it is easy or it is difficult, whether it makes sense to me or not, I will obey you. I bring myself under your authority. I bring myself under your authority in every area of my life, in every area of my life. Be not only my savior, but also my Lord, the Lord of my life. Be my king, be the highest authority over my life. Thank you, Lord. 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 Use me however you want to use me. Move me wherever you want to move me. Do through me whatever you want to do. Say through me whatever you want me to say. Whether it makes sense or not, even at the risk of shame, at the risk of being misunderstood by people. You are my most important audience right now. I bring myself under your authority. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Heavenly Father, your word says in Romans 12, 1, I beseech you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. Heavenly Father, today we declare we are living sacrifices. We don't need to die before we are put on the altar. And we don't need somebody else to put us there. We put ourselves there. And Lord, under the old covenant, you would confirm your approval of a sacrifice by releasing fire from heaven. On the day of Pentecost, you accepted the sacrifices of the disciples of Christ by releasing fire from heaven. God of heaven, I present to you everyone that is a part of this service. Everyone that is a part of this service, physically or online, at any of our locations today, God of heaven, open the heavens over us. Let the power of the Holy Spirit fill everyone right now. In the name of Jesus.
everyone that is putting themselves under the authority of Christ, let the spirit of Christ fill us up. In the name of Jesus. So Heavenly Father, I ask, influence our thinking. I receive for each one capacity for creative thinking. Where others see the problem, help us to see the solution. Christ, like you did when you were here, where people see death, help us to see resurrection. Where people see sicknesses and diseases, let us see healing. Where people see obstacles, let us see miracles. In the mighty name of Jesus, I receive for each one flexibility in the imagination. Possibility in the imagination. Lord, where our minds got stranded before, let your power shatter the barriers. In the name of Jesus, the limitations are destroyed. Possibilities happen in our minds now. And now, Heavenly Father, I ask, let the raw power of the Holy Spirit flow through our lives. Woo! When we lay hands on the sick, let there be a flow of power. And let there be healing. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Lord, I pray for the person that is a part of this service who says, my relationship with God is not okay. That's the starting point. I am not under the authority of Christ. I'm not. Every human being is born outside of that authority, born with the nature of sin. And that's why God sent Jesus to die that painful and shameful death on the cross. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Christ died a shameful and a painful death on the cross because the Bible says the wages of sin is death. And all God wants us to do today is to just ask him for forgiveness. So if you're that honest person who says, I want God to forgive my sins, my relationship with God is not okay. I can't even say that I'm a child of God, that I'm under the authority of God. Can you please put your hand on your heart where you are? You want us to say this prayer together, please put your hand on your heart and say this prayer after me. Dear God, I believe that Jesus paid for my sins. I ask you to forgive me and to accept me as your child. Thank you for hearing my prayer in Jesus' name. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, thank you for everyone that said this prayer. Thank you for these miracles, <laughs> miracles of change we have received today. The nature of sin is removed from them. Your own nature is in them now. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Thank you, Heavenly Father. So, Lord, we ask, teach them to know you personally, to cultivate a personal, loving relationship with you. Teach them to love other people the rest of their lives. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 If you said that prayer, congratulations. <laughs> uh, what just happened is powerful.